you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss show.com hey we're coming to you with a great podcast we certainly appreciate you coming on the show to, with us today and listening in as always the family that loves you but doesn't judge you go to goodreads.com for just chris voss go to youtube.com for just chris voss all the great places we are on the interwebs the big 130,000 linkedin group linkedin newsletter and see the new linkedin audio chat we're starting to use over there as well we just got access to that it's pretty freaking awesome today we have an amazing gentleman on the show he is the ceo and founder of a company called one year no beer rory fairbairns is on the show with us today and he is going to be talking to us about his amazing company one year no beer and take control programs with over 100,000 members in 138 countries he's been featured on the bbc national radio tv and is a motivational speaker and inspire inspiring who inspires people to change their relationship with alcohol welcome to the show how are you sir I'm I'm fantastic. That was my fault. I let you down there with that 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 typo in the that was like Anchorman. You know who put a question mark in the Brock teleprompter? <laughs> there you go. I mean, sometimes they read they read good or whatever, but we throw so much energy in the show at the beginning. Sometimes my brain goes woohoo right out the window. <laughs> so uh, the things we cut and edit. So welcome to the show. Give us the dot com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. Completely oneyearnobeer.com and I can take control.com. There you go. I can take control.com. There you, I th- it sounds like everything my one of my, any of my girlfriends have said to me. And <laughs> <laughs> I can control yeah. you, Chris. Somebody wrote that to me on Facebook the other day. They're like, Will, have you twisted around our finger? And I'm like, uh, I've seen your pictures. No, you won't. So anyway, guys, what, what, give us a, tell us some about your history, your upbringing, and what led you up to starting these companies. Wow. Oh, this is this the 45 minute question. No, no. So I grew up on the West Coast of Scotland, you know, pretty synonymous drinking culture, just like many places are and, and yeah. watch family, friends celebrate, commiserate, congratulate with alcohol. Never really had a problem, but just partied hard, like most people really. Set about in the world, uh, entrepreneurial world. I set up my first business when I was 15, tried five different companies by the time I was 25. Wow. Uh, all failed. Serial failpreneur. I got very, hey, that's very, what we do. Very good. Practice. Indeed. And then through the TV program, The Apprentice, I was contestant number 15 of 14 contestants. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I ended up becoming an oil broker in London. And uh, that's, that's me just whistled you through 26 years. I, in London, you know, very successful career as an oil broker, whining, dining, all of what you could imagine. And a lot of, you know, taking clients out and entertaining and whatnot. And again, I never had a problem with alcohol. I wasn't waking up and putting whiskey on my cornflakes. Uh, but I did know that it was, uh, yeah, I did know that it was causing some issues in the, in the back of my mind. And I decided one day to take a break from alcohol and just blew my mind about all the benefits. And so now I just spend my time trying to inspire people to see the benefits of changing their relationship with alcohol. Definitely. And there definitely is, as we talked before the show, I, I didn't start drinking until I was in my thirties and I pretty much went on a 20, 20 year fun, fun ride with bottles of vodka. And, uh, you know, I, I, I owned a bikini team and and dated models. So there was, there was a lot of Sundance parties that I went to and uh, things like that. Uh, A lot of Hollywood stuff. And uh, yeah, I had my fun, but it did reach a point where finally, you know, hitting my fifties, my body was like, and I, you know, I lost weight and I started listening to my body and started watching what I was eating. And I just started realizing that the, 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 the dehydration and stuff was sticking with me for days. And I'm like, finally, I just reached a point where I'm just like these hangovers, man. I, I drink three beers to get a hangover. You just can't do it when you get old. So yeah. I feel you. So it, it made you, gave you a proponent to start these companies? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, this is back then, this is 2013. It was unheard of for an oil broker to not drink. It was serious peer pressure for me to drink. In fact, my boss told me I was committing commercial suicide if I stopped drinking. And it was just unheard of, you know. 
And I think that just is a big shout out to everyone who works in any industry where they think that, oh, this is just the norm and there's a lot of drinking and everything else, is that although there was all this pressure there to continue, I, I actually through meditation and I was like, hang on a minute, you know, I really think this is causing, I really think there's something up here. Even though everyone was telling me it was normal, even though it was normalized all around me, I mean, in London, you know, in, in that scene. And then when I did take a break, I just couldn't believe it, you know, so much fitter, healthier, faster. I grew my business by 50%, reduced our cost by 30%. Wow. Every area of my life improved, lost weight. I realized that I'd been, you know, I thought I'd had IBS. It wasn't. The things, niggling health issues that I'd sort of seen a doctor about or a therapist or a psychiatrist, or so, a lot of those things disappeared. And I was like, this is unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, forget about whether you've, hit rock bottom, obviously greatest respect to everybody who unfortunately get to that place or, you know, whatever that symptom is. Let's just talk about this from an advantages perspective, right? Let's just talk about this from, Hey, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to get fitter? Do you want to get faster? Do you want to be better? Who isn't Googling that? Who is not Googling that every day? I want to be more productive. I want to get richer. I want to be more successful. I want to improve how I show up at work. I want to improve my marriage, my relationship. I want to improve how I am with my kids. Right. I want to get rid of these niggling health issues. And it seemed like alcohol was this gateway to it all. So first of all, I ran around like, you know, the, the, the guy on the street here, ye, here, ye, everybody got to stop drinking. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're like, they're like, what are you talking about? Exactly. You don't get a drink in evangelical. So I was like, okay, that's not working. Nobody wants to really see that for themselves. So I said, well, how do we get people to realize the benefits themselves? I know let's create a challenge. And so. That's where the idea for One Year No Beer came from. And it's been enormously successful. We've helped a lot of people not just change their lives, but to go on and change their lives around them and inspire other people to change their relationship with alcohol. And I think fundamentally, this is not a sober community. This is not about not drinking. This is about pressing the reset button so that you have a better relationship with alcohol, whatever that means to you. And we are there to help you reassess your relationship with alcohol. So you don't have to be a fall down drunk, you know, like you mentioned, the person who has whiskey in their, in their Wheaties in the morning. The, uh, you know, I mean, I, I always had the rule that if I ever started drinking in the morning, that was probably what time to see help. But, and I, I never had an addiction process. I don't have an addiction pro- personality, but you know, I, there, there, there's so much that you gain when you quit booze. I mean, it's a toxin. So much to in your body. Maybe you don't realize that. You know, that it's a hundred percent poison, right? And, we don't need to go down that route because we've all heard that and everything else and yeah. everyone's off to that noise anyway because they're, they're so much into the, to the benefits. So that's why we've got to steer it back across to the conversation mm. of something really simple, right? Okay, so just before everyone says, oh, this is for addicts. No, sorry. Anyone who's drinking more than three glasses of wine a week or five beers a week, right? Mm. Anyone who's drinking more than that, I absolutely guarantee you, you'll have significant mental and physical life upgrades if you take a break from alcohol, it's, I absolutely guarantee it. And if you find out that you do the challenge and you go through 90 days or 28 days or whatever, as you go through 90 days and not drinking and you get to the end of that and there's no change, please do call me up. I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee your money back. In fact, double your money back. You'll be the first person in over 100,000 people in 138 countries to call me because it just won't happen. Um, there's a significant upgrade to be got there for people. And you built this up to over 80,000 members that are part of the one year, no beer website and community. You know, the, the other thing is I, I would, I would notice that after a night of drinking, I would bloat and put on water and your body puts on water because you've dehydrated it. And so it overcompensates. So it, it floods you with water and you carry that weight for two or three days, at least in my body. And I would just feel bloated. I'd feel just nasty. I would just, you know, I just be like, my body would be, would be going, Hey, you know, he's drinking. So we got to overcompensate with water, you know, dehydration, the lack of vitamins with the hangovers and stuff. I mean, at one point I, I reached out to my friend who, you know, we used to drink a lot and we got into our late forties and fifties and I'm like, dude, I'm really suffering, man. And he goes, Oh man, you're, you dude, you're just getting old. You've got to, you know, start taking electrolytes and vitamin B and take your vitamins before, you know, before you pass out at night. And, and, you know, I, I tried gaming that and that got helped a little bit more, but it just finally reached a point where it just the bloating, the, the weight that would go on with the water weight. And then the other thing that I didn't know was that it actually lowers a man's testosterone when you mm. drink. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there are, well, A, but there are lots of 
you know, health impacts from, from alcohol. I mean, again, let's, let's skip on past that one, right? It's like, sure. it causes cancer. That's absolutely labeled it. Wow. And, and I think what we'll see over the next certainly five years is cigarette style labeling on alcohol drinks. It's going to happen in Europe soon. They've already passed the bill. So we're going to see such a huge change. The world is changing its relationship with alcohol and millennials are drinking less the rise of alcohol-free alternatives, there's never been a better time to be reconsidering your relationship with alcohol. There is a, there is a key thing here, really, and something that we discovered is what we saw is we saw a lot of people every year, for instance, they go and they go, right, I'm going to do dry January. And they would abstain from something. So they'd use a lot of white knuckling, a lot of willpower. They would then change their environment. They would stop seeing their social circle. They'd hide from their friends because they're boring and it's dull. They'd go on Twitter and talk about how crap it is or count down the, minute, the minutes till the 1st of Feb so they can go and get drunk again. Mm-hmm. But all of our drinking is psychological. And so all you're doing is re- reaffirming the limiting belief that fun, sexy, happy, awesome life is with alcohol and dull, boring, rubbish life is without alcohol. Mm. And so lots of people would go through these months and they'd maybe we just have a better relationship for a little bit afterwards from that colon, but then they'd find themselves coming back and it would come back worse. And many, many people saw this from the pandemic, right? And, and the impact of the pandemic on the, the world's psyche was, you know, decimating. And so many, many people got a much more toxic relationship with alcohol. So in looking at this, we said, well, hang on a minute. How do we help people really shift in a very big way? What are the things that actually cause alcohol to show up? And this is where we discovered something really amazing is that the actual truth is, is that alcohol showing up like that is actually a gift. Now, I know some people can find this a bit confronting, but the truth is, is that the reason why alcohol is showing up like that is it's a symptom. And what is in underlying are these causes and these behaviors and these things in our life. Now, you can use it as an opportunity when you stop drinking to really start focusing on those things to make sure that they shift so that the addictive behavior, which is what it is, bad habit, whether doesn't suddenly come back, come back worse or morph into something else, right? How many people stop drinking and eat sugar like it's going out of fashion? How many people stop drinking but bury themselves into work or gambling or sugar or caffeine or porn or you name it, okay? So when we went really deep into this, we said, okay, well, now that we understand the underlying factors, can we actually create something that enables people to shift in a big way? So in June, we launched a program designed for high achievers, top performers, senior execs, business owners, entrepreneurs. And we want to literally throw the kitchen sink at them over eight weeks, okay? Because over eight weeks, what we're saying is we're going to work on significantly on the reasons why alcohol is showing up in your life so that after that eight-week period, you have a roadmap from which you can control your drinking. Now, control is very different to, to just not drinking. Control is yes or no, or I might have one, or I'll stop at half, or I'm not going to drink tonight. Control is where I drink, right? I drink as much as I want, whenever I want. I just usually choose not to because I don't want to, and I don't want the impact afterwards, but I'm not bothered if I do. And yeah. this is the first program of its kind that I know that is helping people get control of their relationship with alcohol. And it's having enormous success. Um, we've now had over 40 people through the program. Uh, we're just about to launch our next one soon. And it's, you know, Cecilia, who came on our podcast, I think she says life-changing 33 times in a 45-minute space. So it's been a pretty powerful program. I can tell you, it, it definitely works. It's, I used to think, thought, thought I slept better drinking at night because I would kind of work really long and then I'd be able to pass out. I, it's a sugar. So I would, I would actually be able to work longer and, you know, I'd be tired and I'm, you know, and I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to have some drinks and, and it would give me juice, man. As, As long as I was drinking, I was like partying and I could work longer at night. And then I thought, yeah, I would sleep better at night. And I, and I really didn't understand that I really wasn't sleeping better at night. In fact, it was really yeah. awful for sleep. And then, you know, I was living on oh, it's tons. terrible for sleep. So many yeah. people use it for sleep and yeah. it's just decimate sleep. Yeah. And then, and then you wonder why you're always tired and drained and dehydrated. And then I was living on Tums and Rolaids, you know, the, 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 it was just eating my stomach. But between that and the Mount Dew, drinking the pot. Uh, um, Omrazapazole or, or those heartburn medications, anti- yep. anti-acid medications. I was on those yeah. and drinking Gaviscon like it's going out of fashion, which is the, which is the heartburn stuff. And yeah, just all of that. And so normalized, right? 
Yeah. And the one thing I learned too was no one knows what I'm drinking if I go out with friends. So I can have a Coke and they just think I'm having a rum and Coke. And if somebody yeah. asks, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a bash, but if I was a recovering alcoholic in an AA program or someone who had concerns about the thing, you just say you have a rum and Coke. Like no one's going to, no one's going to check your rum and Coke. Yeah. Like no one's going to be like, I don't believe you. Let me drink that and see what, you know, you're like, dude, I just drank that. No one's going <laughs> to check. If you just, you get a Roman Coke or you just get a Coke in a shot glass and people think it's a Roman Coke and yeah. they're like, what are you having? I'm having a Roman Coke. Like doesn't bother me to say, you know, I'm just having a Coke because I'm, I'm not going to have a hangover tonight. But you know, if you're really concerned, you can lie about it, you know? And, had, uh, I mean, this is this is what's crazy. We had to, had to sort of create a stealth drinking program to help people because, in 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 honesty, mm-hmm. certainly in my industry back then, is that not drinking could cost you enormously. You know, one wow. account, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it's like okay, so I have to drink, and we're power drinking when we go to lunch. And I remember this one time I wasn't drinking, and we went in, and I went, to, I'd go in early, and I had all these techniques that I used to do. And I went in and I tipped the, you know, the restaurateur or the bar uh-huh. 50 quid. And about, look, whatever happens, whatever we're ordering, mine is alcohol free, unless you just can't get away with it. And then I'll just drink the alcohol. It's fine, but I'm on alcohol free. And so great, no problem. I got it. So we sit down and all these lads just sit down, hey, you know, let this right. Pint, pint, pint. Yeah, pint, pint, pint. <laughs> but along come their pints. Don't, 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 don't. And I'm waiting for mine. And next minute, this like, candle holder flowery sequin glass is placed in front of me uh, uh, and, then, uh, and then this dusty bottle of beck's blue is popped next to it you know like uh, would you like to open it for me here or would you like to i'm like what is this get this away from me right now and get me a pint you know before i lose this bigger client of mine so wow. the thing is is that those pressures do exist out there for people. Yeah. And if you're trying to climb the ladder or make or prove yourself or things like that, that is so much the world. And the thing I would say to people is that it is, but literally 50% of it is made up in your head. And you realize that afterwards, you're like, good God, look at all that pressure I was putting myself under. Like, just like Chris said there, you can have these techniques, right? Yeah. You can, you can stealth drink, right? Which is, you know, you order a pint of beer, but yours is alcohol free beer. Nobody needs yeah. to know. And then when somebody gets you around, pour it in the toilet or the the flower pot and then go in yourself, order an alcohol-free version. So yeah. there's ways around it. Yeah, normally, I mean, like when I'm dating to just get away from the bill sort of situation when it gets set in front of you and all that, a lot of times I just, I, I excuse myself and go to the bathroom and and I'll pull the waiter aside pay him, give him my credit card. And that way I'm just like, just make sure this doesn't, you know, or if I'm, or maybe if I'm out with family or somebody and you know, everyone's going to fight over the bill and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to beat him to the bill. And so I'll do that. But you know, you can just, you just go to, you can just be like, Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to refill my drink when I go up there and just go up to the bar and get a Coke. Like no one knows. I mean, I've drinking Cokes when I'm out drinking. No one has ever asked me, what are you drinking? You know, they just assume it's a, it's a rum and Coke or, you know, whatever it's, it's like, you know, or you can even do a Red Bull and it looks like Red Bull vodka and you're just like, no, no one knows. And no one's going to like, no one's going to check it. Like no one's got to be like, give me that. And so you just, you know, excuse yourself, go get a, go to the, you know, say you're going to the bathroom or going to the beer or whatever, get a wander, you know, there's all probably sorts of ways you could do it if you're really insecure about it. But a lot of people, you know, you certainly, you know, business owners and things like that, they just feel like it's, it's got to be done and it's part of the deal. And, you know, one of our, one of our guys in our, our complete control program, he runs a big talent organization and he's just like, you know, I don't know how, because I'm expected when I either meet these celebs or meet their agents or everything else. It's just like they're, they're not going to do business with me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you, you have to understand that so much of that is the construct of your head. You're only going to really understand that when you challenge it and you see that it's actually okay. And the second thing is you could always do what I did as an oil broker. And I just hired two juniors and I took them to lunch with me and I said, these guys are drinking for me. So make sure you go hell on them. Right. And people just used to think that was absolutely hilarious. Now I'm really sorry to the guys. They have liver issues now. No, they don't. They're actually very well. They take over my business and are very wealthy young lads, so they're fine. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a much better tactic. So there's ways around it. I think you know so many people are are caught up. Either it's become this prevalent thing at home, you know, and so mm-hmm. for many many people now, it's like there's these factors of 
boredom. You know, we went through the pandemic and it was just so easy. It was so easy to just slip into something and carry on and everything else. And these habits became more and more ingrained. And now it's like, hey, you know, I have control of so many areas of my life. Like I've clearly demonstrated I dominate in business. You know, this is our customer talking and and many people out there, right? I've dominated in business. I've been successful. I'm able to control so much. And yet I feel this thing is just out of control. And that is where our, we can help the most. You know, we, we really want to help people dial in the reason on why that's coming up. But most importantly, not roll the, di- the dice on, you know, I'm sure most people would nod their heads on, yeah, I, I've, I've done a month before, but it didn't really make much of a difference. I came back to where I am today. And that's the thing. There's a massive, massive difference between just not drinking or stopping drinking and actually changing a relationship with it. And that's why we created our programs. That's, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, the other thing is, too, is you mentioned this on the website, fatty liver. You know, people, people they, with their livers, they can really get messed up. And your, your liver will store 40, I think it says, by the end of four weeks, you found participants in a study had lost an average of 40% of their liver fat and uh, 3K. That's 3 kilogram of body weight. I mean, this is from Professor Moore. I think you're reading his study. Mm-hmm. It is the largest ever study into a four-week break from alcohol. And amongst those, you know, cholesterol lowered, lost weight, I think on average, people lost four kilos or so, 40% reduction in fatty liver, blood pressure dropped. Right, pause. We put into our community, what one reason would you give somebody to change their relationship with alcohol? It had 500 comments in 24 hours. And I would reckon maybe, you know, sorry, 500 of those were unique. There were 750 comments, 500 are unique. And there's all sorts of things out there. Slept better. You know, I, I, my eyes are brighter. My air improved, which is a really important one for me, as you can tell. And uh, anyway, so, but the, but the thing is that most people don't realize. So st- stepping back again, Professor Moore said that, and and this was published in The New Scientist, if this were a pill, if the results of a break from alcohol were a pill, then this would be a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm. Do you know what? I think about that for a second. I think about, you know, one in three people now taking antidepressants, and yet alcohol is a depressant. (laughs) (laughs) I can't put that two together. That's hilarious. Flag that one up there. For a second. So those two are completely contravening. And alcohol is so interesting because not only is it a depressant, but it's, it really feeds anxiety. Now, I know you know that, right? You wake up hangover and you're like, fuck what I did last night. Oh God, you know, blah, 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 blah. But that anxiety has a long half-life, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, one, one session, right? Followed by another session, another session, that's a week long of anxiety. Then when you go again in the, the following weekend, you now in- increase that long. And people don't realize, right, that they're taking anxiety medications. We had a woman who came to our program and she's like, I have been in and out of psychologists, psychiatrists. I've been on every anxiety medication there are. I've had brain scans and nobody was like, oh my God, you need to stop drinking, right? And she was like, I'm 90 days in and I've never had this reduction in anxiety in my life. That's but- awesome. What is going on in the world? So the point being, there is this magical pill, right? This magical pill that can give you so much lost weight, clarity, energy, your productivity back, reduced anxiety. I mean, 500 different things, if you ask my community. And it's there at your fingertips, ready for you to take. You've just got to step over the line and take it. So you can see I'm passionate about this subject. (laughs) <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, I, I started, I started just, you know, I'm going to skip tonight. I'm going to skip this. And the more I got away from it, the more I, the better I felt, the better my body felt, you know, it, it scaled back from vodka to a couple beers and just well, scaling back and stuff. So you, you have a community online where people can, you know, get some better peer pressure, some better yeah. peer influence. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we provide programs at all levels, right? So we have a digital product and a program with a web app, and that gives you an access to community, over 20,000 20, strong community. And those that sort of self-help element has helped, you know, hundreds of that, well, now over 100,000 people, just to be clear, 100,000 people in 138 countries, and is, is, is very, very, very powerful. And so what we see with a lot of people that is like, okay, yes, they shift and many shift in a very big way. But the next level, next level up is that actually I need a bit more support and I need a bit more connection. You know, it depends on your environment and how you operate internally and all sorts of things like that. So we provide a group coaching program. We do 20 Zooms a week with positive psychology trained life coaches. And again, these 
programs, these are all less than what you're spending on alcohol, right? So I, what, I, what was important to me, because people were like, this is a great idea, Rory, but you know, you should be free. And well, how do you create a business from something for free? First of all, I tried for a year and I put hundreds of thousands of pounds of my own money into this. And people yeah. said, Rory, you don't have a business. You just have a very expensive hobby of helping people get sober. Wow. Uh, so I was like, well, hang on a minute. We, we should be able to charge a bit. So at that level, everything is less than what you're spending on alcohol. No way can you say you can't afford one year no beer because unless you're home brewing, in which case you should stop doing that. Right. <laughs> so, so, and then we were like, okay, now we want to take things up to a higher level. Now we want to be able to produce programs which, you know, are, are all in. And so up at the top level, we then have our one to one coaching programs. And finally, right at the top, this is our flagship program, complete control, um, which is that eight week program I was talking about. That's awesome, man. And, and, and people need that. They need a community. They yeah. need, they need the support, Absolutely. especially when all your friends are drunkards. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, but, there's, a, there's three parts into here. Okay. So the first, the first part is uh, as a, as our sense of identity. So very early on our alcohol, our relationship with alcohol gets linked intrinsically to our identity. Yeah. It happens for different people at different times, college, Okay, military, these kind of behaviors, I'm starting to solidify who I am as a, as a human being, where I stand in status in society based on how I drink, how much I drink, how often I drink, what I drink. Okay. And that link to identity is very powerful and it belongs to this whole social construct. And so what happens is, is we, we need to be parts of community, right? We must belong to the clan. And what people try and do is they, they move away from the clan and they try and change their relationship with alcohol. And the clan tries to, what, what's going on? Where are you going? Why are you leaving the clan? Come back, have another drink. Don't, you know, that is just natural human behavior. And meanwhile, we don't find anyone else to belong to. And guess what? Next minute, you're right back in the clan again because you didn't find that sense of connection somewhere else. And yeah. so having a community is critical. But then when we look deeper at it, we actually looked at the science of behavior change, which is a sort of collection of the top universities working together to work out what is more likely to make an intervention, a health intervention or behavior change intervention stick. And what they discovered was that community is one of the core pillars, but there's also two other elements to it. And that is when the community is more like-minded, Okay, so when they have more commonality, the chances of the intervention stinking, sticking is much, much, much higher. So that's why we really ring-fenced in business leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, because even at that level, right, I've heard from people say, oh, I went to AA, but I couldn't really be truthful about my situation because they just went, oh, poor you, boo-hoo, you know, cry into your golden cup. Not quite the same understanding, right? So, yeah. So, so here it was about building a community very close knit where they could talk honestly, right? Really communicate about how alcohol shows up in business, how it shows up in the pressures of, of running a business, et cetera. And the third key part into this is that that close knit community that feels that commonality needs to go the program together. And so this was why we then put these into cohorts so that we get a select group of people and at this precise moment the one next starting is on the 25th and that's about 20 people going through the program at the same time together and it creates massive change so yeah it's it's really really interesting stuff how our brain is mapped around our relationship with alcohol and so people how do people get together with you guys sign up for the different programs you have and and get aware of what's going on totally so one Year No Beer is our main site, oneyearnobeer.com. And there you will find the challenge, which is reset and realign. That's a 90-day challenge to change your relationship with alcohol. And when you look through that, there's also the group coaching element and also the coaching element on there. If you want to just get control of your relationship with alcohol, you're not ready to stop drinking just yet. You'd like to try and moderate, cut back a bit, and you want support rules on how to do that. Then you go to icantakecontrol.com. And inside icantakecontrol.com, you will find our program called Complete Control, which is specifically for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, etc., who want to transform the reasons why alcohol is showing up in their lives. There you go. You know, it, it, it's it's a good journey. I think people should go on. And like you say, it's really tied to identity. And so one of the issues that people have is you've got to change your mindset, right? You've got to change your mindset. You've got to reestablishing rules throughout some old rules. You know, I went through this too when I lost weight. I I had rules of, you know, food as a reward. I had all these stupid rules. Mm, exactly. Like, you know, well, I'm I'm going to I'll buy a I'll buy a, you know, a 20 pack or 12 pack or whatever it was a Mountain Dew and 
I'll take it home, but I promise I'll only drink one a day. <laughs> it's in your house. It's in your mouth is one rule I learned. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. that's the other thing. That's the um, other thing I learned that I equated from food to alcohol. I quit buying booze and it's like, okay, I do the same thing with Coke. I love, I love a good Mexican Coke because it's got the old original sugar in it. Here in America, we have all this high fructose corn syrup. I'm not sure if you guys have that over there. Oh, anymore. yeah. It's kind of a big Not as much as you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, it's in everything. They put it in Wheaties. But, you know, so I learned that if I, if I have a Coke, I, I get one of those, I get the pure sugar one and I don't buy it. I don't bring it home. So if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. And uh, so if I, if I get her hankering for Coke, I've got to do a bunch of work, get in a car and drive and go get it. Same thing with like chips, you know, potato chips or something. So, you know, I make myself work for it. And most times I'm lazy. So I'm just like, eh, I don't want to go drive over there. I don't want to mess with the traffic and stuff. It's not worth it. But yeah, it's, you have to change the rules and the mindset if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I think there's, there's quite a lot there because on the surface level, yes, and you can do a lot with that. And so, for instance, like the take control elements of it, it's creating structure and boundaries. It's changing some of the mapping in your head. So we've made all these maps in our head. Alcohol equals fun. Alcohol equals relaxation. Alcohol equals sexy time. Alcohol equals, you know, switching off from the kids. It's just the math is there. Mm-hmm. And until we actually break that math and create a new map, so that we understand that there is alternatives for fun and there's alternatives for relaxation that are better and healthier for me, we're always going to reach into that. But one thing I just want to circle back on and challenge is that you said I'm not an addictive personality. And I'm just going to challenge that for a second. What is addiction? Addiction is a compulsive behavior that you do even though you know it hurts you. Ah. Under that definition, we all have signs of addiction in our Mm. life, Mm. things that we do and stuff. And the thing about this is, is that work is an addiction. Our phones are an addiction, right? Net binge watching Netflix is an addiction. Social media is an addiction. So it is absolutely prevalent and it's there. And I think that when something comes up, and in this case, we're talking about alcohol, but we could have been talking about Mountain Dew or sweets or chocolates. When something comes up, this is actually the gift. The gift is I actually need to do some of the work inside. I need to do the deep work. I need to find out what's going on and why this is showing up. And if I don't do that work, it will move into something else. It either comes back or it will move into something else. And this is the big thing. Gabor Mate says, you know, he's not, not, he's not like, why are you an addict? Or let's not, not blame the problem. It's like, what is the, what is the pain? What is the trauma? What is the experience? Mm-hmm. And, and he firmly, and I follow that completely, is that, you know, addiction is the response to trauma. Um, mm. Now, the other thing about trauma is that people are like, what are you talking about? I don't have trauma. I'm fine. I've had a great life. But trauma is actually in the eye of the beholder. We all have trauma. It's just what you perceived in a moment and wrote about yourself. And we're all running these patterns all the time in our businesses, in our life, about who we are based on these past experiences. I just want to give one quick example of that, okay? Mm-hmm. So I went through this experience myself. And in the experience, I was a little boy. And this is true. This is me having worked through therapist therapy back to this moment. I was four or five years old. I'm sitting at the top of the stairs. I'm crying my eyeballs out. I'm petrified. Now, upstairs is pure darkness. And I'm scared of the dark. And I just think, you know, it's nasty upstairs. And downstairs, I can see the light and the TV on. And mum and dad are in there, but I cannot go there because they'll just spank me on the bum and send me upstairs. <laughs> and I'm trapped. Okay. But in that moment, I decide some things about myself. And one of the things I decide about myself is that I need somebody to save me. Now, wind forward to I'm 40 years old and I run a company, 30 staff, and let's see what's, what, how it's showing up. Well, how it's showing up is that I'm recruiting furiously because I'm constantly looking for the next person to save me. And I'm looking and I'm creating situations in the business that means it's suffering and in pain. And I'm trying to reach quickly for experts and gurus and leadership team and all this thing. Come and save me. Come and save me. Which means two things. One, I hire quickly and just grab people in. And two, I put way too much pressure on them to be successful. Wow. And that's just one element of how a moment in my life when I was younger is repeating pattern in my life. But what's amazing about that example is that what we've shown is that when you are aware of it, it reduces Mm. its impact on you significantly. Mm. Most of this stuff is all subconscious. We just don't realize the patterns that we're running. 
Mm. So this is some of the work that we help people do is to recognize the patterns that they're running, how that's controlling them and where it actually came from. Really, really powerful stuff. So definitely. Again, it's not really about just changing your relationship with alcohol in, in, in the deeper level. You know, we want to use this excuse of changing a relationship with alcohol to really focus on shifting some of the things in our lives. Mm-hmm. It definitely. I mean, people need to sit down and look at what's impacting their, de- their, their identity, how they built it. You know, that's what I had to do with losing weight. I really didn't, you know, with, with, with losing weight, I went veganese for a while, veganish. There's, you know, 50 million <laughs> variants of veganism and I get Veganish. every time I, every time I say, you know, a little bit of what is, but basically I just started eating more vegetables. Like I, even now I have a salad every day. I prepare it. You might not like the dressing vegan people, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm having a bowl of spinach and, and there's a bunch of char in there and a bunch of other stuff. And then it has like just piles of all, I mean, I, I make a great salad and that's kind of the real hack is to, is to make it taste great. But mm. in the end, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean a bowl of spinach every day. I mean, it's healthy as hell. Uh, yeah. beats what I used to eat. And, you know, hacking the brain, hacking your identity, hacking all these stupid rules you make. You know, it's it's really interesting all the crap you make, and and half the time just admitting that um, you might have an issue and saying, "Hey, you know, let's deal with this." You know, is sometimes half the battle. You know, once you yeah. identify it and just go, "Well, what what could happen here?" And and after that, I just got really in tune with my body, and I was just like, I just really don't like how much weight I gain, how much water weight I gain after I drink. I don't like the dehydration. You know, I started really tuning in my body and listening to like, yeah, well done. And my body just doesn't like this. And yeah. you know, I know it's bad for me. Uh, well, think, it's not healthy. I think you're lucky though for, for that. And I consider myself lucky for that as well. I think an awful lot of people probably don't listen or hear to those signs or don't get those signs. And I think a lot of people get themselves into trouble before those signs come along. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that the alcohol cost calculator. Is, yeah. is, 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 it, it's, it's the math that's not being done at all for so many people. In actual fact, I know because, you know, I was absolutely wild and, and, and so I would get myself in very precarious situations where it was <laughs> surfing on top of cars, actually piss drunk or driving them or, yeah. you know, whatever it was, it was just always wild, wild, wild stuff. In fact, I used to have this theme tune, which was basically the Jane song, getting away with it all messed up. Cause I was like, oh, wow. Just got to wait for that, you know, like that close to there. And, and, and that was like fuel and everything else. And I think there comes a time where you're like, wow, I'm very lucky. Many, many, many people did not get away with it. Um, and so, so often we roll the dice. Actually, I was talking to a really nice guy before this lovely interview and we were chatting along and he was like, well, it's not really too much of a price. Not really, you know, I'm not really drinking that. It's not really anything. And. I just mentioned this side thing, you know, and then sometimes we just do these really stupid things. And then right at the end of the call, he was like, you know, when you said that, I was like, you know, he's got you there. He's got you there. And I think that's like, that's kind of the stuff we brush under the carpet. You know, where did I end up last night? What did I do? Or what did I nearly do? You know, that's the stuff we need to be a bit more honest with ourselves about and then say, hang on a minute. You know, I think it's time I changed my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And I had too many years of headaches too. You know, you'd, you'd wake up hungover and I played games with it. And I'm like, you know, take a bunch of, take a bunch of, uh, you know, vitamin B before you go to bed, drink lots of electrolytes, you know, it's just all sorts of games to get over the hangover. And then finally, I'm just like, you know, there's a reason you're getting hungover and there's a reason it hurts. It's good. It's it, your body's just going, Hey man, knock it off. Quit fucking yeah. this. You know, we're tired of you. And your little drinking thing there you got going on. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I haven't had a drink in, I don't know, a year or two. I quit during wow. Corona, the COVID well crisis. Yeah. And I'm happy. I, well, done. well done. I think, I, I think you know, after six months, there was like a beer in the fridge. And I'm like, I think I'll kill that off. And then I drank it. And I was like, oh, hell, that's this is why I don't do this anymore. <laughs> I, think I, I think I ended up like a little dehydrated over one beer. And I was just like, oh man, stop it. No, just yeah. knock it off. And you know, the other funny thing is I started working out. I started going to the gym every day. Oh, and then I started, you know, I'm in my late, I'm in my fifties. So, you know, we start lowering, get lowering testosterone. So I'm like, well, if yeah. I'm going to go to the gym, I better should check my testosterone levels to see what's going on there. Well, then I found out that 
it lowers alcohol lowers your testosterone. So if you're a man who's trying to go to the gym, who's trying to get buff for the wife or the girlfriend, you know, you're you're drinking stuff that's making you that's feminizing yeah, basically. Nuts. Well, so it's more that everyone is trying to lose weight, right? I mean, all test into massive amounts of calories. Let's talk about this, right? A glass of wine is an ice cream. Mm-hmm. And a glass of wine is a single scoop of ice cream. A pint wow. of beer is a slice of pizza. So I just want to ask all the ladies out there, if you saw it as an ice cream, like how often are you guzzling down on an ice cream? Honestly, you're not <laughs> doing that. You're like, no, I can't, I can't eat the ice cream, but give us another glass of Chardonnay. Well, it is. They're the same but we don't understand it. Secondary to that, it's also the way it's processed. So it processes into sugars and yeah. then it you know, causes into fat. But alcohol is absolutely poison. And so it must be processed by the liver than anything else. But guess what else gets processed by the liver? Weight loss, fat cells, use fat cells get processed by the liver. So you cannot process the weight loss until you've removed the alcohol out of your system. And so this is why weight loss is so much harder. And that's why you see so many people lose weight when they take a break from alcohol. Yeah. So there are so there are all of these complete paradigms or wrong word, but paradoxes where people are like taking it for drinking it. And yet it's the exact thing which is causing lifting <laughs> or drumming up the issue in the first place. Yeah. You know, like uh, to me, right? ADHD, alcohol is like the worst thing possible. If you're, okay. if you're in ADHD, it's just so unhelpful and you know, it's crazy. So. I, I totally agree with you. Well, let's plug your podcast too. You have a podcast that talks yes. about stuff and helps support people. One Year No Beer Podcast, O-Y-N-B Podcast. We're currently on Series 2. We're just drumming up the exciting Series 3. And last week, we hit 1 million downloads. So that, that is, is awesome, awesome, man. Congratulations. Welcome to the big club, man. That is awesome. Yeah. 0.05% of podcasts ever make it there. So Yeah, hey. it's, most podcasts are complete. I mean, 90, the, the, this came from one of the big hosting companies is 90, or I'm sorry, 80% of podcasts fail by episode seven. The other leftover 20%, 80% of those will fail by episode 20. It's just a, it, it's a pedestrian sort of business that I really get pissed off at after doing it for 13 years. Cause you know, it's just people, I, I get people are like, Hey, I'll have a podcast. I'm like, no, you have an episode, you know, and, and, and they think that you just get a mic and somehow you're, you know, and the first thing they always say to me is, how do I make money doing this? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe see if you're good at it first. It, it really takes a lot of skill. Yeah. The, the, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm still talking after 13 years, but I have a big mouth being a CEO and everything I've always done. So, but even then, you know, I sometimes struggle with content and that's why we have yeah. wonderful guests like yourself on to help me, you know, <laughs> sick of me after 13 years, they're like, we know everything about their Chris Foss, fuck this guy. So there's that. And do you, I, I see an app on the website. Is there an app that deals with the community and interacts with them? The, the web app, yeah. So when you sign up to any of our digital programs, you get access to the web app, which is where we house all the content and the and part of the community and things like that. So, yeah, lots, lots, lots more work to do there. So, you know, we've we've raised significantly, grown as, as, as a big organization, seen a lot of success, but we are half a percent of what the vision intends to be. I think what I always recognized was if you keep swimming upstream and downstream being I've, I've been pouring whiskey on my cornflakes and I'm, I need to go to a detox and I've ruined my life, right? That's right. If you keep swimming upstream right to the point where the moment somebody questions their relationship with alcohol, can we be there? Like what, mm-hmm. what can we do to be there? And, and the moment somebody questions their relationship with alcohol, well, that's everybody on some Fridays, almost every Saturday, every Sunday, and most Mondays, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so when they are questioning the relationship with alcohol, what is that? And so this is why we're working towards tracking and trackers. I think what's really interesting is what's happening with sweat. And so sweat is the most accurate tracker after taking blood and 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 then hair samples. Um, and the, the the you can be able to help people see the sort of content they have in their blood, what impact that's having on them, help them start to reduce it, control it. Ultimately, at the front of all behavior change is awareness. And 90% of our drinking is in unawareness. We just brush it over, ignore it, or we've got blackouts. And and so we keep it in that unaware stage. And we can help people change earlier, much, much earlier, before they get to problems, before they, you know, why did you need to get to the stage where it was showing up like that, Chris? If we got you much earlier and shown you in better data and shown you that it was impacting your sleep and shown you that it was was costing you money in your business, 
right? Mm-hmm. Then you'd have been like, hang on a minute, what am I doing this for? This is nuts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to swim upstream and to help people earlier. And, and those rules are so important. The rules you make for yourself are so important because you, you, you BS yourself, you con yourself, you, you, you know, you make these rules that, that a lot of times are just excuses for bad behavior and to be an awful person. And sometimes you just haven't sat down. And like you say, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, you, you, you're like, well, uh, I'm not going to be as fun. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I equated it to, you know, the bedroom. I seem to be a lot better in the bedroom with the ladies. I've been a single guy all my life. I've always had to entertain because I've been a single guy. You know, I'm always at bars, uh, chasing skirts and, and, uh, you know, doing whatever that I, I do. I lived in Vegas for 20 years. So, you know, the Vegas is a party town and, uh, you know, there's, there's all that stuff that goes into it. So, you know, it's the rules that you make. And now I don't need to do any of that. Now I'm, yeah. I'm more in control. Thank God, I even when I drank, I never woke up with yeah, anybody well I didn't want to see. <laughs> I, I still was able to maintain my eyes when I drank. But, you know, there, there was a couple, I think, big parties I threw where I woke up the next day and had messages going, you don't believe what you did. Uh, and I was like, really? What? You know, or usually it was something I said to somebody. I was like, really? A jerk. Oh, totally, totally. And uh, I normally wasn't an asshole of drunk, but. One of my, one of my absolute clangers I'll never forget is being at this party. My wife was a model and that, that, that was a sort of model party, but there was one of the models had a baby there. And uh, so, you know, just had a baby in the shower. So anyway, I was standing waiting outside, cooked and this lady, you know, very attractive lady walks to me with a bump. So I'm like, Oh, where do you do? Oh, she's like, Oh, I'm not pregnant. Um, uh. and then. I tell my wife this and she's like, oh my God, she's the one, oh, the one with the eating issues and the problem cycle. Oh. And I was just like, I am never saying that ever again. <laughs> never. Those words are never coming out of my mouth again. Yeah. So, yeah well, in a model you. party, you just, you know, in a model party, you just figure everyone's doing the coke and the meth. That's what keeps them skinny. <laughs> I used to own a modeling agency and a bikini team. That's where the joke comes from. I love it. But yeah. So anything more we need to touch on or uh, tease out before we go? No, I just, I, the, the only thing I really want to say to people is hopefully some of what I've said has resonated. Whatever you do, if in the back of your head, you're asking yourself the question, am I drinking too much? You are. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that the other side, like get, taking some, some moments now to say, right, I'm going to think about taking a break or I'm going to change my relationship with alcohol. You know, it's a great time now. We're in October. We're coming up to December. Crazy mm-hmm. season, too much drinking, too much craziness. Like, give it a break now. We can help you, but just go and find out local help or anyone or whatever support, or if you feel like you need to do it on your own, but just give it a shot. It's the one thing I can recommend you. It is the one thing. It's like the one ring to rule them all. It is the one thing that will open up the door to everything else. It'll open up the door to the exercise, to the focus, to the clarity you want, to the productivity you want. I could keep going on. Just give it a shot. Give it a shot. I certainly, I certainly highly recommend it, man. You'll feel better. Your life will be better. You'll get time back. You'll get life back. It's poison you're drinking, man. Just, just stop it. I mean, I, I, I hate to give people a plug, but, but you know, pot is so much more healthier than alcohol. I've done so many stupid things and know so many people have done stupid things on, on alcohol. I don't want to give people another addict addiction, but I'll plug that. But you know, you, I think there are many drugs which are much, much better. And Professor David yeah. not proved it, right? He said the world's most harmful drug is alcohol by a considerable margin. I would agree. Uh, literally takes it in society around. It's the most prevalent, but and the impact on the body and the mind and everything else, there are way better drugs to be yeah. consuming. And what's ridiculous is many of them are illegal, but they're actually healthy and fat. What we're proving is they're therapeutic. They're helpful for yeah. exactly what we're trying to deal with. Psilocybin, MDMA, LSD. These things are proving transformational for addiction and trauma therapy and helping people. And yeah. they're illegal. And it's, it's it, to me, I, I don't know, I, I, I tell friends now, I'm like, alcohol really should be illegal. But, you know, I think we tried that in the 1920s here in America. Yeah, you go to you go to work out and then you drink. And so that lowers your testosterone and you're trying to work out to get testosterone so you can build muscle. So you're screwed there. If you're a woman, you're trying to lose weight. Chris. Yeah, well, I, dude, I learned that, man. You know, I'm old, man. We're trying to preserve whatever we got going on here. The- I tell you one thing that's really important as well is not just to sing the, the, the 
sober message because that is that is what makes people avoid it so much. Yeah, I just want to let yeah. you know I drink. I drink as much as I want whenever I want. I just usually choose not to, and I think yeah. that's what most people want. They, I, most people want a better relationship with it, and that's my encouragement is is yeah. to get out there and get a better relationship with it. And if you need any support whatsoever, then just come and check us out because yeah. we are the experts. Try it. What can happen? What, what can happen bad? Like seriously, yeah. what can happen bad? You might you'll you're gonna feel better. Your body's gonna start communicating to you that it loves you. It's like we like you. We like this new you. You should keep doing this. You're gonna feel, yes. you're gonna make <laughs> feel really good, and you're gonna you know just get a better life. So give us the dot com one last time so we can have people check it out on the interwebs. Oneyearnobeer.com and I can take control.com. There you go. Thank you for coming by, sir. We really Thanks, appreciate it. Very insightful stuff and uh, helping people improve the quality of their life. Gotta love Thanks, it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having Thank me on. And well done on your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a journey that process, you know, I'm still trying to eat healthier and healthier. And, you know, every now and then we go out and eat a little bad. But, you know, we have the salad a day and I do intermittent fasting every day. We start the day with coffee, no sugar, no, no fat. And we go as long as we can. We try and stick to a 16-8 where you eat for, or wait, you fast for a 16 and eat for eight. And, uh, you know, we try and do that every day. Sometimes you get off. If you live alone, we, you and the dog or you and the mic? It's me and the dogs. And so okay. it's, it's, it's easier. <laughs> Are they fasting? Uh, huh? No, no, they, they eat whatever they want. But, you know, I usually feed them doggy treats. So I'm not tempted by what they're eating. Yeah. It's. I, I think I might have gotten really hungry one day and tried one, but you know, there's those chew sticks, but it's easier for me because I live alone because if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. That's one thing I've learned. And it's harder for people when they have a family and you know, the family's dieting. So you got you know chocolate and pop and all that crap and thing. But me being single, it's easy to contain and intermittent fasting. I've just gotten used to it. It's really, it's really healthy yeah, and easy. Exactly. And you know what? You, you get more done. You're actually yeah. fired up and you have a little bit more energy because your body's like, we need to hunt for food. And you're like, no, you're yeah. fine. You'll live. So there you go. But thank you for us for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys coming by the show. I highly endorse it. Ch- check it out because my life has been better for it. I wish I would have started earlier. Don't make me my mistake. And I've lost a lot of weight quitting booze. So there you go. I, I'm walking a thing for it. People hate me. They'll be like, you lost two to three pounds a day there for a while. You know, it's, it's, that's how much crap you're putting in your system and killing yourself. Be sure to go to all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those places the crazy kids are playing. And we'll see you guys next time.